Thank you, Lauren. May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning. And may we hear this morning together just what we need to hear. From a list of wise advice from farmers, I read a few items. They advise do not corner something that you know is meaner than you are. Next is life is simpler when you plow around the stump. When you wallow with pigs, expect to get dirty. Never drink downstream from the herd. That's good advice. Well, Jesus told lots of stories about farmers and about planting and seeds. Today's reading is one of those stories. A farmer went out to sow seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some of it fell along the path. And everybody knows that what happens when seed falls on a path where everybody's going to be walking. Of course, that seed is not going to grow, and the birds are going to come along, and they're going to eat those seeds. Some of the other seed fell on rocky places where there wasn't much soil. And again, that's not a good place to plant seeds. And so the plants came up. They sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow they, and that the hot sun scorched them, they didn't last long and they withered away because they had no good, strong root. And then other seed fell on the thorns, Jesus said which grew up and choked the plants. So they didn't survive either. So far the farmer is 0 for 3. Looks like a poor harvest this year. But wait, he got lucky. Some of the seed fell on good soil. Good soil where it produced a miraculous crop of up to 100 times what was sown. So maybe not going to be a bad year after all, when good seed falls on good soil, great things, amazing things happen. Robert Schuller used to say, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but God can count the apples in a seed. The greatest things in this world, including the kingdom of God, grow from very tiny seeds. Now this story, which we normally call the parable of the sower, is not about farming or about a careless farmer. This story is about a generous God who sows seeds of love and acceptance to every one of us. But different kinds of people respond in different ways to that love and that acceptance that God sows. Jesus compares us the people, to different types of soil. Some people he describes as hard soil. This is the seed that's sown along the path where people walk. Now, at first we might think that he's probably talking about people who don't believe in God, atheists, but that's not necessarily so. I know this guy. And for our purposes here, I'll call him Bob. Bob is about my age. He's gone to church all of his life. And Bob thinks of himself as a very religious man. But he has never let his religion get in the way of his lifestyle. Even though Bob considers himself a 
Christian and a church man. And right now, this morning, is probably sitting, listening to a sermon. Bob likes to control his own life. He hears the gospel every Sunday, but the seed never seems to really penetrate the soil. Very few of the values that he hears in church are shown in his life. Now, I'm not trying to judge Bob. I'm just trying to explain what this type of soil might bring. Bob knows what he wants, and very little of it involves God. The altar that Bob worships at seems to be the altar of Bob. Bob is the king of his own life. He'll even say that. He gets turned off by preaching too much from the Bible. He doesn't like that. He wants comforting talk. He wants to hear all the positive things about life. He wants no mention of confessing of sin from the pulpit, for example. He says that that went out of style a long time ago. He gets turned off by anything that might take him out of his comfort zone, you see. Bob is going to church, and I think it's kind of like he's getting a shot for a contagious disease, and he wants just enough religion to keep him from catching the real thing. May I suggest that Bob might be, and I don't know his heart, of course, but he might be just as hardened to the gospel as the most stubborn atheist is. Seems to me like Bob might not have an awareness of his own needs. He reminds me of a soldier that I was reading about. The chaplain had been talking to him for weeks about his relationship with God, but wasn't really making much headway. And one day the chaplain, the soldier, and some other uh, Soldiers got together for a volleyball game. When this soldier took off his shirt to play, the chaplain saw that he had the entire Lord's Prayer tattooed on his chest. The chaplain was stunned to see this. There was the Lord's Prayer, but it was all on the outside. Its message hadn't quite yet sunk in. You can't always judge by outward appearance. We know that who has hardened their heart to God. But this is the seed sown along the path. Secondly, Jesus described some people as rocky soil. They had faith at one time, but it wasn't firmly rooted. My heart aches for people like this. Tom Sutherland is a man who will admit himself is like this. At one time, Tom was a strong Christian. He was a leader in his church. But that was before he was held captive in Lebanon for six and a half years. During his captivity in Lebanon, he was kept in 26 different locations, always moved around. Most of the cells were cold, dark, and under the ground, six by six foot holes. After 18 months, he was put in a solitary underground cell, unable to speak to anyone. He became so discouraged that he tried to commit suicide three different times by putting a plastic bag over his head. But each time he did that, he thought of his wife and his kids, and he stopped short of killing himself. 
Now, Tom is a free man today, but he no longer believes in God. When asked why, he says, because I prayed so many times and so hard, so hard I prayed and nothing happened. We feel compassion for Tom. We feel no judgment. You and I don't know how we would react after a horrible experience like this. And yet, there were others who went through this same type of experience and they came home with their face stronger. There was a man named Jerry Levin who was a reporter for CNN. He was taken captive in Lebanon as well. Went through a very similar experience. And he held on to his faith through it all. He learned to pray even, he said, for his captors, the people who were holding him. And he held on. He learned to forgive those people as well. Different people respond in different ways. Some of us have been lucky. We've never had any terrible experiences in our lives yet. Not many of us here the kids, and some others. But it will happen. One day, we will be tested. We'll lose someone we love, or life will take a terrible turn in some other way. When that happens, will our faith be rooted in good soil that will sustain us so that we can continue to be strong and to grow? The seed falling on the rocky ground, Jesus said, is someone who hears the word and receives it with joy, but because they don't have those deep roots that are needed, they last only a little while. And when trouble comes, they fall away. We've seen it. We've seen it many times. Then there's a seed that fell among the thorns. Jesus said Christians who let worldly things or material things choke their faith, This can happen to any of us. We live in a very materialistic society. Others believe that they're better than others because they have more money or they have more possessions. And those people have less. And we're especially at times very judgmental toward the poor. Madonna, the material girl herself, once said, we as Americans are completely obsessed and wrapped up in a lot of the wrong values Values like looking good, having cash in the bank, and being perceived as successful. I think Madonna's right. It's easy to fall into this way of thinking. Pew Research Center did a toll that asked young people what their life goals were. According to this poll, 81% of the young adults between the age of 18 and 25 said that their most important or their second most important goal in life was to get rich. To me, that's disturbing. Billy Graham tells a wonderful story in his autobiography, Just As I Am. Billy and his wife were on an island in the Caribbean, and one of the wealthiest men in the world had invited them to come and to have lunch in his mansion. And so they went, and this wealthy man was 75 years old. And throughout the entire meal, He seemed close to tears. He said, I am the most miserable man in the world. Out there is my yacht. I can go anywhere I want to. I have my private plane, my helicopters. I have everything I want 
to make my life happy, yet I am miserable as hell. Billy says that he and Ruth talked to this man and they prayed with him. Later, they, after lunch and later that afternoon, they were back down in their cottage where they were staying and the pastor of a local church came to visit at Billy's invitation. He too was 75 years old. He was a widower and his, he just didn't have much and yet he was full of enthusiasm and love for God and for other people. And he said, you know, Billy, I don't have two pounds to my name. But he smiled and said, I am the happiest man in this world. Billy Graham asked his wife after the pastor had left, which one she thought was richer, the man with the yacht and the private plane and the mansion, or the pastor without two pounds to his name? She didn't have to answer that question because they both knew the answer. Some of the seed falls on the path where the soil is hard and it gets eaten by the birds. Some falls on rocky soil and does not establish good roots. Some falls into the thorns of worldly concerns like stuff and money and is choked out. But here's the good news. Some of the seed falls on good soil, Jesus says. Sometimes the message of the kingdom falls on the hearts of people who welcome it. When good seed falls on good soil, miracles, wonderful things happen. Seeds really are miracles. When you consider that one kernel of corn planted under the ground will produce one corn stalk, of course. Each corn stalk will produce one ear of corn, occasionally two, but usually one ear of corn. The average ear of corn has 250 kernels on it. So a single kernel of corn planted under the right conditions will yield a 250% return on investment. We need to be reminded sometimes that when good seed falls on the ground into good soil in God's world, wonderful things happen. All it takes is a little seed. We celebrated Independence Day recently. We celebrated how much our freedom means to us. We have this freedom because some amazing people, people like Jefferson, Madison, Washington, Franklin, and so many others, planted seeds in this new world, seeds of democracy and human rights. And from those seeds grew a nation, a great nation. That's how it works. Good seed is sown in good soil, and miracles happen. Since we're talking about God's seed, sometimes it falls on seed that looks to be unprom- or soil that looks to be unpromising, and it produces greatly where we would least expect it. Mother Teresa, Saint Teresa, died as a world-known figure. But who would have ever thought she would have accomplished all that she accomplished when she first started? What did she have to get her started? She was a tiny little woman who began with very, very little. Mother Teresa told her superiors early on, I have three pennies and a dream from God to build an orphanage. Her superiors said, you can't build an orphanage with three pennies. 
You can't do anything with three pennies. I know, she said, smiling, but with God and three pennies, I can do anything. Mother Teresa understood the principle of the seed. It takes very little blessed by God, and miracles can happen. Remember Jesus' teaching that faith the size of a mustard seed, tiny, tiny little seed, can produce an enormous bush. And that's how it works in God's world. There's a song that we sing once in a while that goes like this. In the bulb there is a flower, in the seed an apple tree. In cocoons a hidden promise, butterflies will soon be free. In the cold and snow of winter there's a spring that waits to be, unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. The writer, Natalie Sleeth, was a musician. She wrote those beautiful words as part of an anthem that she dedicated to her husband, Ronald. At Ronald's request, that song was sung at his funeral. It's a song of hope, a song of promise. As long as there's a seed, no matter how tiny or unpromising, there is hope. Of course, in Jesus' parable, God is the sower of the seed. We are the soil. He asks us to look within ourselves and ask ourselves, what kind of soil am I? Have I become so hardened by self-preoccupation like Bob that the seed can't get to my heart? Are there rocks in the soil that keep the roots short so that when times of testing come, I might fall away? Are there worldly thorns like love of material things and money that might choke the life out of my spiritual life? Or do I have a heart that is ready, prepared to do what God would have me to do? God has planted a seed in each of our lives. Are we, the soil, ready? Amen.